0: Come on. Andre back a few steps. Unbelievable, Monsoon, I can't believe it. Oh, and he, oh, out. Ran he ran caught out. out the Hogan is down, Andre needs to do something here to finish him off. Andre shaking his head, trying to clear the cobwebs. Picks up the champion. With him, oh. Oh, nailed him with that boot, and the hosters out. Out onto the floor. Oh, Don't yeah, let right. this match end in a counter. Andre going right out after him. Andre the Giant continuing to administer the punishment. What a chop! Referee is counting both men. Oh. Oh. Andre had but at the post. He sure did. The champion dropped right out of the way. Look at the Hulk crawling around the side. Trying to figure out where he's at. He's what is he it. He's rolling back that canvas area. For what? To expose that concrete. World's champion, Hulk Hogan. Oh, look at this. He's going for a pile driver, Jess. He can't possibly get it. Andre turned it over. Ulster made a big mistake there. Tell you what, that, you know, I don't know what Hogan was thinking up there, but that was horrible sportsmanship on his part. Pulling back that, and Andre's firing it back into the ring. Champion being thrown back in, and Andre underneath the bottom rope as well. At as least we now, continue. At least we won't get a countout. I did not want to see any countout. I want to see a winner. Absolutely. Andre now with an Irish whip in. He met a hard left underneath that. Oh! He drop the big guy he's been out of shape. That's the first time I think that the Giants ever been knocked off his feet like that. Look at the look on the face of the champion. He's hooking up, Jess. I don't know if he's got enough left in him. That adrenaline can do wonders. We're seeing what this guy is really made of, why well, he is. The greatest professional athlete in the world today, look at this. He's i don't believe it, don't believe it. I'm dropping a big over the cover.
1: it's over unbelievable hello and welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling i am your host jp john Paz, and on the two-man power trip of wrestling podcasting empire bringing you a brand new show here on the empire called the hogan era yes that's right it is the Hogan Era podcast all about the immortal Hulk Hogan, the greatest star of his era, the greatest star of his generation, the greatest star in the history of professional wrestling. I don't think there's much doubt about that. And of course, this show will have a lot of other different guests, maybe some surprises, some special features, but it will primarily focus on the Hulkster now, a lot of people call the golden era of the WWF basically when Vince took it over in 1982. If that, of course, is Vince McMahon and pretty much ending in 1993 when Hulk Hogan leaves the WWF. But in this show, I'm going to call the golden era January 23rd, 1984 is the start, and that is the start of Hulkamania when he defeats the Iron Sheik in Madison Square Garden for the World Wrestling Federation World Heavyweight Championship. And I'm going to have the end of it on April 5th, 1992. Basically, the end of the real Hogan era, because that is WrestleMania 8, and that's when he kind of takes his hiatus and really wrestles a very part-time schedule after that. You know about the WrestleMania 9 win over Yokozuna and then lost at the King of the Ring, and then he takes that big European tour in 93, and then he's gone from the WWF, and then he would obviously resurface in July in WCW. But for the all and purposes of this show, the Hogan era will be from, again, January 23rd, 1984, and the end will be April 5th, 1992. So that January of 84... Which kicked it off and started off, started off with a bang, really led to a huge boom in the wrestling business. I know Hulk is polarizing in so many different ways, but you cannot deny the drawing power. You cannot deny the ability of the Hulkster to really, really rein in and get this gigantic boom of wrestling going. In the 80s, there was a boom. Of course, we won't focus on it on this show primarily, but they want to mention this. He had obviously another boom. In 1996, when he turns heel up after the beach and they start the NWO. So, you know, it's interesting in the wrestling business, you know, what's popular, what's not popular, who's over, who's not over. Is anybody really ever going to be as over as Hulk Hogan? Has anyone ever really touched the levels of Hulk Hogan? Because technically speaking, he started off the era in the 80s. Then he starts again in the mid 90s. And yes, you could say Steve Austin, but Steve Austin and the Attitude Era was piggybacking off of wcw and the nwo and hollywood hulk hogan so one of those things where he created two boom eras and we haven't seen anybody else create one so it's pretty remarkable just in, in that form and in that fashion there so let's just break down a few of the things that we will be talking about i know i mentioned some special guests some surprises some special features all that kind of stuff will be brought here on the hogan era podcast The thing is, okay, you have the golden era of wrestling. You have all this greatness. You have all these great wrestlers. And, you know, everyone says, okay, it's the golden era. Vince McMahon took over. He took Wrestling National. Not only did he take Wrestling National with the promotion, he took Wrestling Global. And they really were a dominant force. He turned pro wrestling into sports entertainment. And the rest is history. We know all that. We get all that. But I don't ever call it the golden era. I always refer to it as the Hogan era because without Hogan – the other dominoes don't fall into place. Without Hogan, who knows what would happen to the WWF? Who knows what would happen to Vince McMahon? Who knows what would happen to the professional wrestling business in general? Think about it from this perspective. Okay, you have Hulk Hogan, right? You have Roddy Piper. You have Mr. Wonderful Paul if You're eventually going to get Macho Man Randy Savage. You had, at one point, an awesome legend, kind of forgotten legend, Dr. D. David Schultz, who was going to be part of WrestleMania one, the John Stossel thing happens. You know the story. So, you know, you got the King Kong Bundy's of the world. You got the Andre, the giants of the world. You got all these huge names, all this amazing star power. And you could say, okay, a lot of them could be interchangeable. Eventually the ultimate warrior is going to become a big star. You have all these huge names, but can they be interchangeable? Can they really fall in line? Can they really fall into the right order in the right spots? I say, no, I say the reason why they all fit so perfectly. And they're all awesome. They're all larger than life. I think they're all great. If you put them compared to anybody of maybe the current era and you would take the golden era guys or the Hulk Hogan era guys really. And, and you would take them nine times out of 10, but for intense, all intents and purposes here, and what I wanted to focus on was what I meant was, okay, you got Andre, you got, let say you got Savage, you got Piper, you got wonder if you got all these guys, but how do they fall into place without Hogan? That means somebody's taking Hogan's spot and everyone else kind of gets jumbled and, and, and the odor gets out of place. You put Hogan back at the top of the mountain, back at the heap, and then everyone falls into line after that into perfect position in my view. I just think, man, Hogan on top was just perfect. Not only is he just a huge larger than life personality, not only is he super popular, not only does he have a great look, not only is he a great promo, not only could he work, but man, that charisma is just shining through. He is a mainstream player, a mainstream star. He could break the mold. He could do things that that maybe some of the other guys can't do to the extent that he could he could do it. Sure, Piper can go out there and, and be in Hollywood and make the number one movie and they live and really just be a huge star. Sure Savage is a monumental star and Slim Jim and being mainstream, but it's anybody that Hogan level where he's bigger than the business, where he's bigger than anything. He's a part of, there's kind of a reason why he wasn't that popular and didn't really make it that much in Hollywood. In my view was because yes, he made it to a certain point, but he's Hogan. You know what I mean? Like the rock maybe be playing a part or can play a role or something, but, he just a weird feeling. He's like, no, that's Hulk. That's Hogan. He's so huge. He's like Muhammad Ali. So huge. He becomes the moment. He becomes the thing. He takes over whatever he's a part of. So it's one of those things where I think all the other guys, even though they're all great and and all no doubt at hall of famers, no doubt. Some of the greatest of all time. I just don't know if they fall into line or they fall into the right position without Hulk being at the top. You got Hulk at the top. That's the perfect piece of the puzzle, like that, is the perfect king to have. That's the perfect top of the mountain to have. So, in the Hogan Era podcast, really going to start by doing this. We're going to break down a lot of the top matches and a lot of the top feuds. We're going to bring some guys on. We're going to you know, make some points. We're, we're going to have some arguments. We're going to have some agreeances We're going to talk about what really was the top feud for Hogan. What really was the top feud for wrestling? What really is the top feud for the WBF. And you're thinking, oh, that's a slam dunk. When you're talking about top feuds, it's got to be Andre the Giant. I mean, they created basically a bunch of pay-per-views off of that that feud and a bunch of big-time TV shows off of that feud. We'll break it down further in the weeks to come. And in another week, we'll have a specific Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant dedicated episode. Maybe it could be a couple episodes. Who knows what will will come from it. But that'll be kind of separate. But just to break it down a little bit here. So you got WrestleMania three, you got that feud, you got the biggest attendance of all time, you got just unbelievable amount of fanfare around that feud to the biggest stars of all time. Love the uh, the heel turn by Andre the Giant. Love the Piper's Pit segment. Love how that feud came together. Love Bobby the Brain Heenan being a part of it. So not only do you get WrestleMania three, then you get Survivor Series, then you get SummerSlam eighty eight all based off of Hulk and Andre. I know Pat Patterson said in the past, No, know Vince said in the past, they looked at that feud. It made so much damn money. You couldn't just stop it. And Andre, yeah, he was getting out of shape. Yeah, he's getting older. Yeah, he's out of his prime. But you couldn't stop that money train. Why would you want to? It makes no sense whatsoever. So it's one of those things where it's like, okay, wow, this is something that we're going to become just a absolute monster from this is the feud that's going to really, really set us apart from everything else. We want sports entertainment. This is going to be the global leader in sports entertainment. Hogan Andre did that. Plus you got Saturday night's main event. Plus you got 30 million people watching the main event. I mean, you got so many things that basically were were predicated and happened because of that feud, man, we haven't seen anything like it since I don't think, but we're going to break some stuff down on this show that possibly equaled it and maybe rose to heights above it. Now, I know what you're thinking. What the hell is he talking about? The feud with the macho man Randy Savage is something that will be broken down a lot on this show. It was a huge part of the Hogan era, possibly a bigger feud than the Andre feud. I know I just kind of talked about how Hogan and Andre made so much money and they really set it off and they created so many other pay-per-views just basically from that feud but when the mega powers explode and you get wrestlemania 5 really wrestlemania 4 and 5 you get two huge pay-per-views attached to each other around what's going to be that feud man you got saturday night's main event moment you got all the other moments including them teaming up together as the mega powers but man when they explode and wrestlemania 5 happens back on sunday april 2nd 1989 set some pay-per-view records and it they didn't quite have pay-per-view to the level in 87 that they did in 89 so that's where the the money factors come in that's where you start to realize okay hogan andre is huge box office but with those 750 thousand buys on pay-per-view for hogan and savage that were that were there that kind of weren't there as much for hogan andre you got to think to yourself wow that's pretty damn impressive and that might inch out savage maybe with his feud with hogan over andre it might be the greatest written the greatest performed the greatest well done <laughs> if you will uh pe- a feud of all time i mean it's just amazing what those two were able to do so memorable and i th- guarantee you ask true blue wrestling fans they'll they'll say a lot of the time most of the time one of the greatest feuds in their mind and their fandom and their thinking is Hogan versus Savage. And I don't know if anything can quite get as good as WrestleMania five. So we're going to break down a lot of the feuds, like I'm saying, especially a lot of the top feuds really kind of start off the show and start off the series. We're definitely going to break down. Like I mentioned, Hogan and Andre macho man, Randy Savage. How could you break down a Hulk Hogan feud? How could you break down, you know, one of his better rivalries without mentioning the man that kicked off WrestleMania, hot rod rowdy, Roddy Piper. And that will be a big, big part of the show as well. The hot rod feud was unbelievable. I know. Obviously they had a huge feud in WCW as well. Obviously that will not be focused in on as much because we're talking about the Hogan era here and we're not talking about that era. We will bring that up and, and make some points about how, hey, how, how can a feud that was so big in 1984, the end of 84, really, but 85, a little bit into 86, how could that still be a draw 10 years later? Well, look at WCW in 1996. Yeah, that feud had staying power. And yeah, that feud had some unfinished business. So just to kind of bring that up and, and think about how awesome the Hogan versus Rowdy Roddy Piper feud was the brawl to end it all talking about their match of the wrestling classic we'll be talking about the war to settle the score and of course we will be talking about wrestlemania one piper says that hogan maybe does agree maybe not agree that without piper being the main antagonist being the big heel maybe hogan wouldn't have gotten to the heights that he would have i say maybe maybe i'm leaning towards yes because i love the hulkster but Piper is right to a certain extent, for sure. You need good heels, you need good villains to go up against the big baby face, to go up against the good guy. Without that, it's boring and it's not interesting. So Piper was the perfect foil for the Hulkster and a little bit of a different foil. When you th- And Savage was too, uh, obviously. But when you think of like Hogan, you think of these big monsters that he has to kill, these dragons that he has to slay. Andre, Bundy, Stud. Killer Khan. I mean, there's all a Kamala, one-man gang, big boss man, Earthquake. I mean, you just think of like these just giant monster guys. And then Piper. Not the biggest guy, but probably has the biggest mouth. Obviously, I mentioned Savage as well. Not not the biggest guy, but man was he probably the most intense wrestler of all time. So I mean that that definitely goes to help. And the storyline was so good. So perfect then, too. But Piper, man, did he have the gift for Gab? Was he the perfect fool for Hogan? Everybody wanted to see the Hulkster shut him up. Rockin' Wrestling Connection, the rockin' wrestling era of wrestling, which is really in the Hogan era, which, which we'll talk about as well. But, man, that was all predicated and set off with Cindy Lauper and Captain Lou and Wolf and all the other guys because... Piper and his mouth and, uh, and him using a a record to beat up uh, some people. So, I mean, it was one of those things where Piper really set it off being that heel, being that just complete a-hole to the Hulkster and just being the person that the fans hated and they love to hate Roddy Piper. So I mentioned Andre, I mentioned Piper, I mentioned Savage have to also mention Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, man, was that a awesome and great feud? Think about it, obviously, WrestleMania 1. Then the turn by Orndorf, just when you think he was turning babyface. Damn, he nails Hogan with a vicious, vicious clothesline. And we're off to the races. That is a huge feud, almost considered for the main event of WrestleMania 3. And as you know, Orndorf was kind of on the sidelines, so not on that show, waiting to see if Andre was going to make it because he was going to fill in and the people would have bought it because they loved that feud it got a huge rating when they had the cage match in the early 1987. Hogan, Ondorf, NBC, main event, just huge number. If you think about it, they had a great number earlier in, in 86, uh, I believe it was September, and then again in January of 87, they have a, just a no, just an enormous number as far as drawing ratings and having people have interest in that feud. So you go from Piper and then you go to that feud with Orndorf, and it's pretty magical and it's pretty amazing. Obviously, you get King Kong Bundy in between, but I don't mean to skip him over at all. We'll get to him in a little bit, but hey, think about it. Man, that Orndorf feud was great. He looked like a million bucks. You just thought like, man, this guy might have Hogan's number. He's just one of those rough and tumble guys. You know, he's legit. You know, he's an awesome worker. You know, he could talk to talk. Just look like a million bucks. Gotta love Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndraff. And that feud was great. Hulk, during that era, it's one of those things, too, where you think about it's like, okay, Hulk is Hulk. Probably the most charismatic wrestler of all time. He's one of the greatest of all time. He's got the it factor. He's got everything you want, everything you need. The mainstream people are all over him. You know, obviously he was in Rocky III. He's Thunder Lips. I mean, he's just got that mass appeal, but he had the heels. He had the antagonist. He had the guys where he could work with, where you're not going to get bored as a fan, especially me as a young fan, loving the business, falling in love with the Hulkster. But it's like he's got to beat that next guy. Like I mentioned before, he's got to get that nether dragon to slay. He's got to have that next heel up to be... And he had that constant lineup. He had those guys. It was amazing to think and amazing to look at the roster of talent that he had to go against him and the heels. And he's pretty grateful for it. If you listen to some interviews and hear him talk about it, he always gives the other guy credit for the sellout. I talked to Kevin Sullivan all the time. He was swearing to him that when he feuded with Beefcake, they did a, a West Coast tour in the mid 80s when Beefcake was a heel. And he swore that beefcake was the reason that they sold out those houses. I think we know that it's Hulk and kind of whoever he's feuding with. Beefcake, yes, obviously plays a part, but a lot of it is the Hulkster. But then you kind of move away from the house show and you go to the TVs and you go to the pay-per-views and you go to the big NBC shows and the big shows like the big event in Toronto where they draw 60,000 for a Hulk Orndorf main event. It's those heels they get the fans really hyped and really interested because you want to see Hogan have them, you know, get their comeuppance. So just just thinking about the level of talent that he had to work with is amazing. And you could say for some other guys, all right, you know, they, they're they a good champion or they had a good run, but they didn't have the level of talent and the level of guys that Hogan did to work against. So it's kind of a 50-50 scenario. It's like, yes, Hogan is a god, but he also had godlike heels to work with as well. Another guy I want to mention, and he will be talked about very early on in the show, wasn't really somebody that Hogan wrestled necessarily. Wasn't necessarily a big in-ring feud, but it was everything surrounding that. It was the guys that he was bringing in as a manager to face the Hulkster. It's who was behind Andre the Giant, but Bobby the Brain Heenan. We're going to talk about the Heenan family versus Hogan. We're going to talk about Bobby the Brain versus Hogan. Him being a commentator, being so negative towards Hogan, obviously the fans hated Heenan, so that's actually helping Hogan get over, and that's going to be a very helpful thing. So that is going to be a major, major feud. And it's funny, I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day, and I said, what was Hogan's greatest feud? And, And maybe that should be a topic for my other show with Jargo and RBV that we call Who Is? And maybe one coming up should be Who Is Hulk Hogan's greatest opponent of all time? Because my buddy was saying it's definitely Heenan because if you think about the lineup of guys that went up against Hogan, you think about the lineup of guys that were part of that heel stacked lineup that I was talking about that Hogan Hogan had to beat, the guys that he had to slay. Well, Heenan was behind a lot of those guys and he was kind of the catalyst behind a lot of the feuds of the Hulkster. So I think that is definitely a great point and definitely something that we will get into There's no doubt about that. So if the Hogan era goes from 84 to 92, that means there's going to be some other guys to talk about. Those top five feuds are going to be the top five feuds that we're going to focus on at first. Then we'll go down to the lesser feuds and break them down and talk about them because man, Hulk Hogan had so many great matches and so many great feuds and, you know, like little feuds you can talk about too. And, 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 like little matches, I wouldn't necessarily say little because they're you know main eventing stuff, but other matches or 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 lesser matches or something where it's not gonna be WrestleMania quality, but it's gonna sell out a house show, it's gonna sell out the Philly Spectrum, it's gonna sell out MSG, it's gonna sell out the Boston Garden, it's gonna sell out Maple Leaf Garden. You get the point. So let's talk about some of the other feuds here I wanted to mention. And it's funny if 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 you kind of think about it and you do maybe like who is and talk about hogan's greatest opponent has nothing to do with the hogan era but like you're gonna throw like a sting in where they made a ton of money a shitload of money and you're gonna throw guys like that in but you're probably gonna throw in a flare because i think rick flair's wcw feud was better than WWF feud just because of the circumstances just because hogan's kind of on the way out there the royal rumble 92 moment is just amazing for for rick flair but with Hogan and it being supposed to be Hogan Flair at WrestleMania Eight, and that kind of falls out after some of the house shows didn't do as good as they thought it would do, and maybe he killed some of the business there, and it just didn't work out with Hogan leaving to go do some Hollywood stuff. Why would he kind of beat Flair, and when the title doesn't make sense with in enter Sid and then enter Savage, and you know the history from there? But wanted to mention to work Flair will be a definite topic on the show. And we will kind of break down what happened and why that wasn't the main event of WrestleMania 8 and how some of those house show matches, if you can get some footage of it, if you can watch the MSG one or if you could see some of the handhelds. They had some great matches with some great crowd reactions and Flair, we get some great pops there. So we will talk about Ric Flair for sure. And, and in the golden hour run of 84, 92, sternly place in ninety one, ninety two versus the Hulkster. We will talk, of course, about the Big Boss Man, some of my favorite Hogan matches, and one of my favorite Hogan feuds is against the Big Boss Man. We will talk about King Kong Bundy. We will talk about Kamala. We will talk about Big John Studd, Earthquake, the Iron Sheik, Sergeant Slaughter, and then I will go a little bit away from the Hogan era a bit and kind of break off into the pre- Hogan era and talk about kind of maybe some feuds that created Hulkamania to begin with, and how the ball got it got rolling, and where Vince got the idea for Hulkamania, where Vince saw Hulk and thought, "Man, that guy can make me a billion dollars," and I think none other than a great starting point would be New Japan Pro Wrestling, his feud with Antonio Inoki, of course in the AWA, his huge feud with Nick. Bachwinkle as well so that's going to be something that we're definitely going to focus on as well just really interesting to think like okay Hulkamania had this big uprising but it didn't necessarily start in the WWF. it started in Japan and it really really came to a head in AWA and that feud with Nick Bockwinkle the fans wanted it the fans wanted to see it he could have taken over the world there but Vern Gagne didn't see it for whatever reason or didn't want to see it so hogan win then they have some shenanigans Baku gets the title back and the rest is history because hogan would want to leave the awa and go to the WWF. and when he shows up he's just uh you know the top guy the top star nothing but money as soon as he gets there also i want to mention his feud with dr d david schultz which was great we are going to talk about zeus love that feud we are, of course, going to talk about The Ultimate Warrior. We're going to talk about Rick Rude. We're going to talk about Bad News Brown. We're going to talk about Harley Race. We're going to talk about a lot of different things on the show. It's going to be a whole lot of Hogan and a whole lot of fun. I hope you guys are going to enjoy it as much as me putting out being a huge Hulk maniac that I am. If you listen to any other shows, you obviously know that I love the Hulkster. But it's not just about loving the Hulkster. We're going to break down a lot of other things. We're going to break down some top matches. We're going to talk about top moments. We're going to talk top feuds. We're going to talk about big pay-per-views. We're going to talk about Hogan creating pay-per-views. We're talking to talk about them creating pay-per-views around Hogan. We're going to talk about those pay-per-view buy rates. We're going to talk a lot about TV ratings and kind of the amazing numbers that Hoke was able to pull. Just, man, if you think about it, he pulled in some enormous 33 million uh, people watching, some huge ratings, some huge views. And I'm just thinking like, man, 33 million. Uh, what was Raw last week? Or, or what was SmackDown? 2 million, 2.8 million, whatever it was. It's like, eh, not that impressed. So with the Hulkster, we're going to talk about live gates. We'll talk about attendances. We'll talk about the emotion that he brought uh, with him. The just sheer... Um, passion from the crowd, that they absolutely love the Hulkster. We're going to talk all about the crowd reaction. We're going to talk all about those pops. We're going to talk all about those poses. We're going to all talk all about that ear. We're going to talk about the golden era of wrestling, which was, of course, the Hulk Hogan era. He is the Babe Ruth of wrestling, created that rock and re- wrestling era. He became bigger than the business. He made so much money for himself and for the WWF. If you think about where the WF is now, when you're saying, "Now, man, Vince is such a, a business genius, and TV rights are insane, and Saudi Arabia money's nuts," you can thank the Hulkster because he, without him starting it, it all just you know it doesn't fall into place quite where it is, and you could pretty much thank him for everything as far as uh, wrestling in the WF is concerned. We're also going to talk about another thing, which is a huge focus and a huge part the licensing and merchandising of not only Hulkamania, but the WWF and really how Hulk was the main key cog in the wheel. If you saw the Netflix toy special, they talk about it. Jewish lightning talks about it. When they thought Hogan was leaving WWF, it wasn't the toys being so big and important as far as like WWF, the toys were so important as to follow Hogan, follow Hogan follow the money and they even knew that in the toy company and they did that with taking basically saying oh he's going to ww well we're taking our figures and we were going to move elsewhere and that was a you know a big point where people were sort of realized wow no wonder vince real you know kind of got a little of the Hulkster." you never want anybody being bigger than your company but too bad it happened he was so it's one of those things where it's like wow vince you know you know, you got to move on and, and and you know you got to try to start this new generation era and you know you want to do something else and you know you want to create that next star you know we'll talk about on the show obviously it was not the warrior um, could it have been Bret Hart next who knows we'll talk about that, on, that a little bit on the show as well it's one of those things where where Hogan goes, the money goes. So, merchandising, licensing will be a huge part. We'll talk all about his big personality and the personality of these stars around him. We'll talk about his insane popularity and how he was just so mainstream. What made this era so important? We'll talk about the feuds of the Hulkster and why they were so key to really having that passion from the wrestling fandom that emotional investment was made and created from those feuds you weren't just watching a match you weren't just interested in okay this guy does a great canadian destroyer this guy does a great flip no you were invested in the characters you invested in the guy the guys and you're invested in the man hulk hogan it's pretty weird and still pretty consistent you could say today guy can do a canadian destroyer through a table and get the same reaction or less of a reaction than Hulk Hogan does with a point of a finger. So it's pretty amazing to think about that. So again, we will be discussing in detail here each and every week on the Two-Man Power Trip of Wrestling feed, part of the Two-Man Power Trip of Wrestling Podcasting Empire. We will be just breaking down the Hulk Hogan era, which started, to me, and I'm making the strong point, January twenty third, 1984, and the end of... April fifth, nineteen ninety-two. So a nice eight-plus year run for the Hulkster and the Hulk Hogan era. Thank you, everybody who you know takes the time and listens each and every week to the Two Man Power Trip. Seen a big surge uh, lately, of course, as far as just the popularity, the downloads, the guests, everything. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. You could follow me, of course, on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website TNPt dot com for more of course patreon patreon.com slash tmpt empire this will be a great podcast if you're a Hulk Hogan fan or a Hulk Hogan hater you will love it we will have like I mentioned before some special guests some different things to talk about some different things to going on we're gonna do a lot of big time breakdowns it's gonna be a whole hell of a lot of fun and we're gonna have some surprises mixed in too so I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in and we'll see you right back here next week for the Hogan Era podcast. See you next week, folks. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You could follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You could check us out on Facebook. You could subscribe on YouTube.
0: So, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I am a real American, fight for the rights of every man. I am a real American, fight for what's right, fight for your life. through to your country, be a real American. Whew.